Hi, I'm Lok. And I'm Patience. And welcome to Let's Start Now podcast, where we intend to bring you entrepreneurs to inspire, inform, and give you an insight into their businesses and how they started. On today's episode, our special guest is Tracy Kimari, founder of Offspring, a Kenyan online platform that provides information and high quality products, services, to help parents navigate through their journey. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you, Law. So it's a pleasure to have you. We, yes. we have so um, much we want to ask you. But first of all, maybe you can let us know, how are you doing? Yeah. How's the COVID season been for you? Um, I'm doing well. Um, my family is well. I thank God for that. Uh, it has been a bit of an adjustment. Um, however, luckily we were, in terms of business, I mean, um, luckily we were already established online. So, you know, we found ways to navigate around it. Um, but there were challenges here and there. But besides that, you know, everyone's well and I'm doing well. So it's, it's an interesting, well, let me not say interesting. It's, it's quite the experience, this COVID thing. Yeah. You know, living in a time when something like this happens is something. Yeah, do you think it's ever going to end? Or do you think we're with it for, I don't know, for like 20 years or something? Well, I think if they find a vaccine, it'll end. If they don't, I don't see how, I think we'll have to learn how to live with it. Yeah. 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 And like here in Rwanda, they've, they've taken like good measures to contain the, 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 pand- the pandemic or the COVID itself. How is it in Kenya? Well, it was... I think they did a good job um, when, the, when it was first announced as a pandemic and they were able to contain it. I think the cases would have been a lot more if the measures that were taken were not put in place. Um, however, now I think we're seeing a bit of a spike in the numbers. Mm-hmm. But I'm also I've, I'm confident that vaccine is about to be released soon. Mm-hmm. So as much as um, things are getting a bit hectic now here in Kenya, I don't think it'll be for long. Um, okay. well, I'm hoping it won't be for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Also something that, uh, recently happened, there was a study that showed that, um, apparently black women are five times more likely to die in childbirth, like, like usually because of maybe hospitals and all that. What do you think about that? Since you're in the, you're in that kind of business. Well, okay. So the thing is generally in Africa, in terms of like our medical care, I don't want to say we're behind. However, for a long time, we've not had the best medical care. I feel that that statistic is more so for countries where you have, you know, both Caucasians and African-Americans or Black, um, Mm -hmm. British people in the same country. And then then you can come up with a stat that says, you know, Black women die more than Caucasians, right? Which I think... Well, that is to do with their setup there and, you know, the issues we've had of, you know, racism or whatever it is. Um, It's just harder for black people in those countries to get good medical care. Here in Africa, I feel that our medical industry has really improved. And, you know, there was lots of deaths back in the day because we didn't know, you know, we we didn't have the tools to sort of tackle every issue that could come up during birth. Um, But I don't think it's an issue of discrimination where somebody is dying more than the other. 
Yeah. So. Okay, so it's interesting because you said like our medical care has improved. Most people say it's still bad, but it's true. If we compare it to the past, it's mm-hmm. really improved. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we have to we have to give credit where it's due. And I mean, some things may be happening slower than you know what we expect in our minds, but they've also been there's also been significant improvement just generally in Africa, and we're growing really fast, especially now. So yeah. Um, okay, so maybe you can now tell us more about uh, you yourself, Tracy, before we get into offspring. Could you maybe tell us uh, more about yourself? Like, how was your childhood? <laughs> how was my childhood? <laughs> yeah, or like, where were you born? Yeah, okay. So I was born in Nairobi, and I've grown up in Nairobi. Pretty much, I went to high school. I went to university at Strathmore University. I studied finance and business administration. And then after that, um, I worked in insurance for a bit. And then I joined a startup company. And then after I left that startup, I I then started Offspring. How did you decide to go into the whole uh, baby care? Like, because you did finance before. So how did you decide to branch into uh, baby care and, you know, the whole parent thing? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, the thing is, when I was in uni, I, I used to sell clothes to my friends and to people across, you know, around universities in Nairobi. In fact, I'd go to parking lots in other unis just to sell things. And I think for a long time, I've always been interested in, you know, fast moving, you know, consumer goods and the whole business of buying and selling and just like, you know, interacting with people in the process of that. Um, Yeah, so this idea came, it was sort of like a lucky find. I stumbled upon it when a friend of mine was studying, was doing a project on um, a company in the US that deals with baby products. And then at the same time, there's a buddy of mine who was pregnant and she asked me to buy some products for her. because she couldn't find them here in Kenya. And because I had experience from before when I was shipping in things when I was in uni, you know, I, I was like, you know, why not? Let me do it for you since it's easy. I remember how to do it. And then that's sort of how I just got into it. I, I got the things for her. I got interested. And at the time, I was still working at the other company. Um, it just, I think I had gone to the point where it wasn't exciting enough for me anymore. And so, you know, just going back into, which is more or less the same kind of business, um, was interesting for me, and that's how I sort of made my exit from fundraising to, you know, starting Offspring. Wow, wow! So, have you always been interested in in uh, entrepreneurship, or you like you just had? Because there are some people that always yeah. feel like maybe they were destined to be entrepreneurs, or they they've always wanted to be bosses of themselves. So, yeah. why did you decide to take on entrepreneurship, or how did it come about? Yeah, well, I think for me, I've always um, shown signs of being an entrepreneur and even just when I look at my journey um, even just joining the startup company which I joined I joined it because I felt I could have real impact there I had job offers from you know 
solid corporations that are already established and I was going to earn a lot more. But it wasn't interesting because I felt like I was going to go there and get into a routine. Um, And so just deciding to join a startup company and going through the motions and then I feel like the next best step for me was to you know do my own thing um but if i when, if i look back in retrospect i think everything was sort of aligned yeah. to this just because i've done lots of things outside of the usual you know go to school find a job blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. etc yeah yeah and the but fact that you used to sell clothes yeah. so you were you were an entrepreneur even when you were in uni yeah yeah basically yeah so I sustained myself in uni with um, the, the cash that I made off that small venture that I had at the time. Mm-hmm. But I think at that time, I didn't, I didn't have the knowledge of how to scale a business. So I, um, I don't think if I had the same mindset I did back then, I would be able to, to uh, I, would have, I don't think I would have grown any further than I did. And so um, I'm kind of glad that I went through, you know, the other company, which was founded by... Um, my classmates from university, um, I was able to see how to grow a company from the ground up and just to understand, you know, what comes next and why do you do this at this point? And then how do you grow from this stage to the next stage? Um, and that was very important for me to to see. Just so and the start- Sorry, the startup that she worked for, um, what, like, what kind of business was, what, what kind of startup was it? Was it tech? What, what were they dealing with? Um, it, was, uh, it was in consumer financing. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but my role was to fundraise. So I joined as as a as the uh, so I was part of the founding team, like r- rather the first few people who had joined the company. And um, my role was to fundraise for the company. So we basically had to fi- get funds from you know as a small business. And by the time I left, we had pretty much scaled. It was a it's still a big company right now. Um, so. I, I can't say I was really involved in the day-to-day operations, um, but like as a fundraiser, you have to look at every aspect of the business in order for you to convince somebody to invest in your business, right? Mm-hmm. So then you, you sort of have to know everything that's going on. Yeah. yeah. And um, let's say now in your company at Offspring, how, how's the recruitment process? Is it something that's easy for you? Oh, no. <laughs> That is probably one of the things that was hardest for me. Um, so when I started out, you know, I, I think coming from the company I came from, I had all these expectations that, you know, I can grow and so easy. It can't be that hard. Um, and there's a lot of things I, the founders did, did that in the back end that I did not realize they were doing. As much as I was part of the uh, early, you know, employees, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things we were shielded from that I didn't realize as a founder, you sort of go through them mm-hmm. by yourself. Um, but anyway, in terms of hiring, I remember the first time I put up an ad in one of these companies that help getting ads. We got over the phone and I asked them to come meet me um, at some office um, so that I can now physically interview them before I now you know, get the one person who I'm going to hire. <laughs> and nobody showed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nobody showed up. Which I look back and I'm just like, yeah, so that was for me so heartbreaking. But then I realized there's so much I hadn't done in terms of like making it clear what it is that we do. Our website was not clear enough. You know, we didn't have enough information out there on social media. So, I mean, you 
as, a, as, as somebody from the outside looking in, I'd also think twice before going to meet somebody yeah. from company who does that doesn't have hair, you know? Yeah, so nobody showed up. And it was probably one of the most difficult things I've had to go through in this journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe for people that are listening, um, would like to know what is Offspring? Like, maybe you could describe it a bit. Yeah. Um, so like you said, we are a platform. We're providing access to maternity products as well as information. Um, the goal is to have everything from a pregnancy test through to when your child is 12 years old. So when you suspect you're pregnant, we want to be able to, you know, you, we want to be able to provide that pregnancy test and then your pregnancy journey product-wise and information-wise, mm-hmm. and then work with you and your children and the dads and people around you all the way until your t- child is 12. And that yeah. involves a lot. So we're not there yet, um, but that's that's the goal. You said uh, part of the goal is to be able to work with people or with parents uh, from, okay, from zero, uh, parents who have children from zero years up to mm-hmm. 12 years. Are there any parents that you've managed to at least, because you've been there since 2017, are there any parents that you've been able to walk through with from um, that time until now? So I managed to get a few clients on board who to this date get a lot, at least most of it, I mean, a lot of products from us that we have. Um, And I feel that if we had more or more, if we had more range, they would, it, it's possible that they would buy everything from us. It's just that we don't have everything yet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we do have parents who we've worked with for a long time. Mm-hmm. So do you know of any competitors that you might be having, or are there any, or are you the only people that are doing this in Kenya no, at no. the moment? No, no, no. There's definitely competitors, um, and the industry is. Um, it's a very industry, very interesting industry here in Kenya because a lot of people are in the industry. However, it's very fragmented in the sense that, like, you find one person selling, you know, clothes on, selling, you know, washcloths only, and so then that mm-hmm. means there's a lot of people who sell different things, and sometimes yeah. they only carry one or two products. And then there are those companies that, that sell a, a range of products most of them being brick and mortar stores um and then you know then a few who are who are online um who are trying to do the same thing that we do um but yeah that's basically what the industry is like at the moment oh and um i'm sure now because you have a lot of competitors you've had to invest a lot in your marketing strategies like what marketing strategies are you guys currently using now yeah um so I think what I've learned, you know, in, in the short period that we've been around is the biggest marketing strategy, well, not strategy, but like the biggest thing in this industry is word of mouth because um, just the nature of people that, or the people that we deal with, um, it's a very sentimental industry. So people are not willing to experiment too much sometimes because you want to make sure you get quality things that are not dangerous for your child right or for the child that's yours or not yours um so a lot of so word of mouth is huge for us um at the moment um but i would say more than half of our clients have been referred by their friends or other moms who've purchased from us um and then you know we we are also we've also we've also looked we've also explored 
social media marketing, which we do a lot of. And we're looking into seeing how we can incorporate maybe influencers. It's something that I'm currently looking at. We haven't done it before, but so far it's just been a lot of like social media marketing and word of mouth. I think you guys are doing really great with the social media marketing. I've seen your posts. Yeah. I went in there, I've seen your posts and there's so many and they're like, they're actually really informative. And I, I really think you guys are doing a great Thank job with that. Thank you so much. And yeah. it's true, like what you said, we, word of mouth, we, I think, is the biggest, um, like you said, it's sort of kind of marketing that you can do because with babies a lot of parents are very sensitive so they'll always refer their friends yeah exactly um and then also i also realized um in this business yeah we are in the service industry but we are also in the hospitality industry it's um and one is an entrepreneur that i really like who once said um who described service as the te- technical delivery of a product <clears throat> And then hospitality is how you make uh, the recipient of your service feel. And I've realized in this business, it's about how you make people feel more than what you're actually offering, right? Mm -hmm. So when a mom or a dad or an auntie approaches you, you that experience they have on the phone, you know, they either come to the shop or just their whole experience from when they log into your website through to the cart to, to check out you know is you know how do they feel do they feel like they've learned more do they feel safe do they feel like we know what we're saying which is was a big thing for me especially because i'm not a parent yet and okay. none of my team members are parents yet um but we want to really learn and adjust and just see and figure out like okay what do these people really need um what does this demographic that we serve really need and it's not based on what we think, but it's based on what they feel and think and what they tell us they need. Yeah, but I think also, um, okay, from what you've said, like you said uh, about the hospitality bit of things, mm-hmm. how uh, services are supposed to make mm-hmm. people feel more than, okay, well, the, the ones that work or that are successful are those that help people feel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... Um, it's not only services that are supposed to do that. I think also products are supposed to do that in the sense of maybe more information should be, uh, say for example, if I if I create maybe if if I have a company that manufactures um, maybe baby wipes or uh, pampers and all that, I should be able to at least uh, put out information. Like mm-hmm. I, I should be able to put out information that helps uh, parents, like you were saying, helps uh, people feel whenever they look at it, like they, they can be able to be more informed or know that these baby wipes were maybe made out of um, whatever baby wipes are made out of. I'm not so knowledgeable about that, but um, yeah, I feel like yeah, maybe have chemicals the, and that troll. So yeah. Yeah, so I feel like the information bit of things is what's going to help people purchase more in the long run. Like yeah. the whole, yeah, the whole digital marketing thing, the whole content marketing thing is what's going to be more helpful to people as they purchase. Yeah, definitely. It's a definitely um, scary journey. Yeah, it 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 is. Um, yeah, there's a lot to learn, and there's and moms or parents these days are more sophisticated. You know, we Africans generally were very cultural. So back in the day, it was based on, you know, did my mom use, what does my auntie Mm. think of this? But now we have parents who are more sophisticated and they want to know, okay, what is in this product? How is it going to affect my child? As opposed to 
my mom used this so i'm gonna use it yeah 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 i wanted to ask since now you're getting do you also get those parents that are so um you know they're so sensitive about products how do you how do you make them feel at ease like is it just through the information or do you also sometimes have to talk to them to kind of like reassure them that this product won't cause any harm to their little baby has that ever happened i mean yeah um a lot because yeah parents are very very critical of what goes into or is used on their children and they should be so um yeah they and they as they should be exactly um so what we do is we try to make sure we know a lot more than anybody does and if that means if that involves calling you know the manufacturers of products to come and train my team i do we have trainings on products and i just try to make sure that my team knows more than maybe a parent might know because that way if they feel like you know more then they can trust that you actually know what you're saying um there's some who you know, you'll have to break it down like what's actually used in this product because you know people have different problems if a child has eczema and then you're selling a lotion you know there's some that don't make sense for kids with eczema you know so you have to know the difference so even as we're onboarding suppliers um at least especially the ones who are local manufacturers we try and know exactly what goes into the things that we're selling you know on their behalf or with them so yeah it's just it's just a matter of knowing always making sure we know more than or everything okay. yeah So I'd like to know um moving on to the financial bit of things I'd like to know how how much did you well if it's not a secret how much did you start with how much did you start offspring with Yeah Um so it, well I don't know if I could call it really the starting capital but I I tra- had traveled to the US sometime in 2017 right around the time when I was registering the company and i just i purchased a few things worth about 15000 kenya shillings um which i carried in my suitcase back to kenya and um i don't know if you'd consider that you know what you used to start mm-hmm. but that was for me yeah. the first sort of like consignment which sold out immediately which was complete beginner's luck because yeah. after that when i decided to invest in the in the business with my savings the consignment that came after was a complete flop So oh um yeah I think there was definitely a bit of beginner's luck yeah. there but it was just about it was I didn't spend much on it um but it helped to propel to the next stage Oh um what about like uh the other investments that you've managed to maybe the other uh investments that you managed to put in put into the company have you been able to um break even or yeah. get your returns um yes so we have um it was difficult at, at the beginning just because like i said i'm not a parent so when i bought things i bought them because they were cute yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so then so then you bring i bought them here and then you know they just did not make sense to people or to moms and It's funny that those products that I bought at the time now is when they're selling because we have expanded our customer base so that people who actually think they are as cute as I do mm-hmm. <laughs> they're being now however like I didn't sell or I 
sold maybe one or two things in that second consignment, which I bought like a lot of things, mostly clothing in bulk, but they were not exactly functional. So um, have you started making profits? Uh, like the company can sustain itself now. Yes, the company can sustain itself now. That's nice. Nice. Yeah, that's great. And uh, what other challenges like uh, are is offspring facing at this, at this moment? Other challenges? Um, I think our biggest thing is creating awareness. Um, I think the more people know, the more people will buy. And so right now, you know, my focus is on creating awareness. And, you know, we've, we've, there's been a lot of readjustment because of Corona. So the things that we had intended to do, you know, throughout this year have sort of like our plans have fallen back a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I think the main thing for us is to create awareness. Also, yeah. like I, I would expect, um, just because it's like already an online platform during Corona, more people would actually be purchasing from you guys. But again, you've mentioned the whole, um, creating awareness. So is, is it like, have you seen increase in sales in this period? So what actually happened was people bought in bulk just before the lockdown because they were worried and then because they had bought in bulk oh, things okay. went really quickly after that yeah for some time um then slowly picked up which which was not bad because i mean we more or less sold as expected um when i mean creating awareness i mean just reaching i mean i feel like we have just scratched the surface in terms of like how many moms we have served so far I feel like we can serve a lot more people um, and, you know, the market is big and we haven't really like tapped in the way I think we could. So that's why I'm just, and that's why I'm really keen on creating awareness. Mm-hmm. Because she mentioned the moms and I wanted to know, do you also often get dads now involved with like baby care? Not as much as I think, this is a personal opinion, as much as I think we should have, we should um so well, the dads we get a lot of the time have been sent by their wives or, <laughs> you know so but however i think there's the ways you can get that because the thing about dads is they tend to be very loyal yeah so if a man is buys diapers for you they probably won't try and find it anywhere else so um, I hope we can involve dads a lot more. It's one of my main things that I really want to do. I really want to get dads onto our platform and actually have them comfortable because I feel like men, you know, one, they they become loyal more easily. And two, you know, generally, I think men should be more involved with things to do with their children. So. Yeah. Yeah. And these days, modern, I, I feel like with this uh, this modern uh, world that we're living in, I, I've seen a lot more dads been compared to to uh, the previous generations. Like, I feel like this new generation dads are a bit more involved. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you, so sometimes when we have posts that, I don't think also on our end, we post enough information or things related to dads. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in the things that, in that we have posted that are related to that we see some activity which is encouraging because i don't think several years ago you know there'd be that that interest would be there yeah you know? and, and i've attended events here in kenya yeah i've attended events here in kenya where um you know say for they that meant specifically for dads and they actually show up so that's very encouraging to see um these days yeah, they're willing to learn right tracy 
Yeah. They're willing, yes. So I wanted to ask, while we're still on challenges, I wanted to ask, mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the, the L's or losses that you've taken? Like personally, what, what are some of the L's that you've taken as an entrepreneur? Like while you're on that journey, journey. what are some of the L's that you could share that you've taken? The L's that I've taken. Uh, you had said something about uh, when we were talking about finances, you said uh, at some point you invested and then it flopped. Right. So things like that you mean, right? Yeah, things like that. Or even any other experiences that um, maybe that you've taken a, a loss and maybe you learned from it. Yeah. Um, I think there's been like so many, but like, I don't know if I... I mean, I can tell you the big ones, which now, for example, you know, my, my second consignment, which didn't go well. Um, um, uh, hiring people and nobody showed up. Yeah. And, you know, with, yeah. Um, you know, applying for funding and then it doesn't come through. Uh, those, those are like, the ones that I, you know, that hit you hard, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, every day there's small, small challenges, but then I really, I don't know why I can't think of any right now. You have to excuse me and apologize. It's okay. <laughs> it's I think you've already mentioned a few. I don't know why. Do people also kind of not judge you, but like kind of like have a misconception about you running this company since you don't have kids? Have you ever been judged on your knowledge for kids? Oh, yeah. That, that is a good question. Um, I think for a long time, I had imposter syndrome. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think I just realized the more I knew, the more confident people were in me. But then when I was starting out, I always felt like everyone was judging me. And it was more of a me thing than a them thing. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, I've definitely had people ask me, like, why would you do this? Like, especially people who are not my clients, but more so somebody who say, for example, I wanted to, I wanted to get on board as an investor or like family members. And they're like, why, you know, like, yeah, like you're you not know a anything about kids. Why would mm -hmm. you do this? Yeah. So that also it, it, it reflected on, how I felt I thought clients were viewing me but like clients really don't I don't think they go that deep in their thinking they just want to know if you know what you're selling and sure. they want helpful information it took me a while to get over it um, but now I can say I'm definitely over it and you know there's always going to be people who are not who will try and bring you down but you just have to keep moving yeah sure I think I I think it's a bit slow. Um, the audio, but I was going to say, I think um, I still have a lot of time um, when it comes to invest in, in country investors. That's the side where I'm still, you know, learning how to, you know, express to them that, you know, I'm not a parent, but I can do this. We have made progress now, so the more we grow, the less difficult it becomes to show people what you can do. Um, but it's a thought that crosses my mind every time I need to meet somebody that I hope will come on board as an investor. Yeah. 
I like what you had said, sorry, to, I was cutting you short. The fact that you're saying now you just need to equip yourself with more knowledge because there's a lot of parents as well who are out there, but they don't have the right information. So the fact that your parent doesn't give you the right to know about the product as well. So I like what you're saying, get more knowledge and people won't have to, people won't have to judge you for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, I've never thought of it that way. That's a good way to think of it. A very good way to think of it. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And then also, maybe you can, if you don't mind sharing, I, I, there's a lot of myths out there about parenthood or even, I think, mostly pregnancies, I would say. And, like, I can give you an example. There's, like, a myth they usually say. Like, do you get a lot of pregnant women calling in asking you, if this is true, but there's this one that used to say, like, if a woman has um, a lot of heartburn, then her baby is going to have, like, more hair. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah, so what I realized from being in the industry is um, women can be very judgmental towards each other. So there's all these myths that fly around. Another one is, uh, you know, and some of them are not nice. So that some moms who can't express milk or don't express milk as soon as they give birth, a lot of people don't know this. They think as soon as you give birth, you, your breasts will be ready. But it takes, for some it takes a few days, some could take up to a month. I mean, people are different, some even longer, and some never express milk. And yeah, um, people don't know this. And so sometimes people will judge you and they'll be like, you know, why would you give your child formula? Um, you know, that's not healthy, that's being selfish. When, re- when, when really they can't express milk. Um, and there's lots of things like that. And, you know, there could be a case of the heartburn story that's probably <laughs> true out there. I've never but really I think what people that whole thing. thing. Like everybody... <laughs> Everybody's different. Everybody, every woman's body is different. The process of getting a child is different. And we just have to keep adding onto our knowledge bank because there's some very rare cases out here. There's some that are similar to each other. You just never know what you're going to get as a mother. And I think we just need to be more compassionate towards each other and each other's journeys because I've, especially here in Kenya, I've had lots of moms, you know, feel terrible because, you know, I can't do this and this. You know, even sometimes in the hospitals, the nurses make you feel like yeah, there's oh, something wrong with you. The stories are awful about the nurses. <sighs> no offense. Yeah, it, it, yeah, but it happens. So. And do you work with any doctors as like gynecologists or a psychologist, just so like to also kind of connect them with these women once they're feeling, you know, maybe it's a problem that it's a medical problem. I do you have any? connections or any people in your team that's like experience with that so we have had um professionals you know write articles for us however that we don't have in-house specialists yet it's one of my goals um i definitely want to have all kinds of specialists on board where like they're actually part of the offspring team you know so that you know uh, in terms of the information side, you're not just getting information from us, but you also have a chance to interact with a professional and then maybe even get to connect, get connected to a professional who you can actually go see outside of our platform. 
So yeah, that involves, you know, gynecologists, nutritionists, lactation specialists, pediatricians, all of them. I want to, at some point, have all those specialists on our platform um, and have moms interact with them or parents or even aunties, whoever, whatever, whoever you are, you're able to get those services on our platform. That's a good idea, yeah. So I was thinking, okay, while you were talking about myths and all that, I was thinking, okay, mm-hmm. this is thing, but I think it's really true. I don't know. Um, maybe you you shed some light on it um like when um maybe mothers give birth when, uh, i've lost you birth. for a few seconds so i didn't hear what you said oh yeah so i said uh there's this okay there's this myth i want okay you you said something about myth some myths not being true but i think this one is kind of true i've kind of like observed and realized it's somehow true um i don't know maybe you'll shed some light on it um okay there's this thing that they like saying that uh when mothers give birth or um when women give birth they usually at least they usually lose certain things for example at some point they like they get okay certain issues like um maybe they can lose teeth or um like hair hair at a i don't know hair like i don't know there there's so many other things that they might end up losing something like that I don't know, is that true? Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot happens in your body when you're pregnant and after the child leaves your body yeah. in terms of hormonal, I don't know if you call it hormonal structure. I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't have those terms. But yeah, so we, the women who will lose hair, the women who who will have like flaky skin after that, People have, it depends on how your body reacts to having, to, you know, growing that child. So those are not myths. They actually happen. Oh, Yeah, they actually happen. And then sometimes they even say it's gender specific, like boys will do this to you and girls will do this to you. I'm not sure how deep the research is on that, but there's definitely, there's an impact on a woman's body whenever children, you know, are conceived. So... Mm. that's wow okay (laughs) um i'm not planning to get there very soon (laughs) so yeah i mean i think i don't think people think of it too deeply when after the baby comes yeah um but i don't think it's something that should stop you because we are made for it so yeah that's just how i think Med- of it i'm also not there so I <laughs> sorry <laughs> never I'm had the losing hair losing <laughs> i've never had before but losing hair i've had that one before i've seen it actually oh yeah but there's also a lot of myth around giving birth especially in the african homes everyone has their own ideas everyone has their own i don't know so I would also maybe, I like what you said, that she'll be bringing gynecologists and, you know, psychologists to kind of reassure these women, because like you said, now someone who doesn't produce milk, they might think there's something wrong with them. Yeah. People might say you, they hate their children, but, you know, it's yeah. part of their body. There's really nothing they can do about yeah. it. Yeah, there's a lot of education that needs to happen. Yeah.
also another thing I want to ask you this this new thing I guess for me it's new like I've just recently seen a lot of people in Africa doing it like the whole home birth water birth kind of thing is it something that you've also seen you know have a peak in Kenya yeah it's happening it's happening a lot here now um I'm not sure why the preference yeah. I, to be honest but it's happening a lot more now but I kind of understand the reason why is like if you've gone to hospitals, especially in Africa, I think it's everywhere in Africa. I wouldn't say only in Kenya or Rwanda or even Burundi. Then the is it public hospitals? The way nurses treat um, like giving birth, it's it's scary. Like they're not very considerate. They're not sensitive. For them, it's kind of like you can do. You have to do it. This is what you do. There, I don't know. So I think maybe more people are not very comfortable in that space of the hospital yeah. and then yeah i think also it's just better to be at home you, i don't know you're you're right you're probably right um in that regard um and i guess also the comfort of being at home and you know there there's there's moms who i guess so i hear it's more soothing to uh to that to the vagina down there when a baby comes out inside water oh. so I don't, I don't, yeah, so it's, it's less painful if you're doing it naturally, so it could be that. Okay, but I'm glad that people are, you know, there's a, even, um, we're seeing growth even in that industry, <laughs> it's not, not just the original, I mean, it's not just the ordinary way of giving birth, people are experiencing, you know, new options to help with their yeah. childbirth. Yeah. I think yeah, it's um, definitely interesting. Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of questions on pregnancy and all of that, and I'm glad to know that even if you're not a mother, you always you also know about this. So even us who are not mothers, we should go ahead and get information about children. It's never too early. Yeah, true. It's never too early. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's never too early, and at least now it. I mean, I feel like these days ladies are more nervous for the process and now you can find information out there you know just to help you go through with it if you know you're not comfortable enough just doing it um so yeah it's definitely it's we're, we're living we're living in better times and you can get a lot of information and you should you should sure because our bodies can do a lot yeah yeah but it's also fascinating to see what our bodies can do when you see you know what we've produced or other women have produced so i wanted to ask about do you have any knowledge about or would you be able to shed light on um, some of the issues that happen uh, maybe that may uh, happen when a woman is trying to maybe say conceive or um yeah have babies for example fibroids and yeah all uh, all those other things um yeah there there are so many things that could go wrong just as much mm-hmm. as so many things could go right when it comes yeah. to pregnancy yeah. like i said women's body so many different things that could potentially happen um fibroids make it more difficult to to basically it make it it makes it more difficult to implant in your cervix it makes it more difficult it makes the birth more difficult because you have to keep getting checks just to make sure it's not affecting the uterus depending on also it also depends on the kind of fibroid you have yeah um and you know, there's so many different issues that happen 
with women how you what kind of you know what kind of contraception you've been on prior to you trying to get pregnant could also affect your pregnancy journey and i feel like a lot of ladies for a long time didn't know the risks of some of the contraceptives that they use mm-hmm. and um and it's very important to know your body in that way so that you so that you, you know you know what effect is this going to have in the event that I decide to have a child? And so you find women have a very hard time getting kids because the hormones are so distorted from the kind of contraception they use because it wasn't the right one for their body. And um, gosh, there's so many things that go wrong. Although some things have also been sort of, I mean, things like Fitzula happened a long time ago. That's because, you know, that those usually happen because of negligence. Um, a Fitzula is when you develop a hole between your vagina and your anal canal, you know, that it's just one lining, I think. I'm not a mm-hmm. doctor, let me just put it there. So sometimes <laughs> develop um, when, during the birthing process, and that used to happen quite often before, you know, we had better ways of giving birth. Um, yeah, there's those complications. There's the complication of your child not turning inside your yeah. uterus before birth. It really depends on the kind of, on your body. There's no one way of giving birth. Mm-hmm. There really yeah. isn't. Yeah. I mean, you can have a preference and you can say, I want this, but like when it comes down to it, it really depends on how your body reacts or how it manages to change during the process. Yeah. Then also I'd like to ask, are you pro-choice or... Um... <laughs> The other one. <laughs> this is a very sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. I, I was avoiding having this conversation. But yeah, go ahead. Wow. I, I have never had to speak on this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so what I think, I, well, I don't think anybody should be told what to do with their bodies. However, mm-hmm. I don't think having an abortion is an easy process for anybody. So as much as, yeah, we can tell you, you have a choice. I don't think any woman enjoys doing it or is like, okay, emotionally doing it. So I guess that's all I have to say with regard to that. (laughs) What do you think? What are you, are you for choice or um, not? I have, I have like different views on this. Again, like she said, I am not pro for people criminalizing what people should do with their body. Like, I don't think someone should go to jail for choosing to have an abortion, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like there should be some sort of process of who can have one or like the reason there should be some sort of, also, I think there should be centers for it in case someone wants to do it, because in Africa, a lot of people are doing it the wrong way and end up hurting themselves. So what I think is they shouldn't criminalize it, but it should make it like a sort of process to who and who can do it and the reason to like not everybody should just be able to, you know, end it because they're not comfortable like it should be you should have a valid reason to do it, but you should also have good doctors to do it so that you do it right and maybe also have um, a psych like go through um, therapy even after you've done it so I don't know (laughs) if I'm pro or not but I'm just against the whole criminalizing it and yeah I think I'm more of um, um, personally I think I'm more of a pro-choice at the moment Mm -hmm. I used to not be (laughs) so at the moment I'm pro-choice 
Um, and I think, but then again, I think people should be more careful or women should be more careful or at least given more information on what they're doing. Like they should be more careful with, you know, if, if you're going to uh, maybe get into, um, say, uh, if you're going to get into the sexual bit of things or sexual acts, maybe you should, I don't know, you should know um, outcomes the, maybe the different, yeah, the outcomes of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think people should be more aware of what they're doing. Um, but otherwise, I'm pro-choice. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think that a lot needs to go into, to the, into the knowledge side of things. Um, because a lot of girls, you know, we, we were in a generation where we're literally like in between very, tra- I don't know about you guys, but like very traditional ways of doing things and very current ways of doing things. So we're like yeah. in the middle, somewhere in the middle there. And, you know, because of how we've been raised by parents who are not able to communicate these things clearly and teach you about, you know, sex and, you know, yeah. sexual matters, you know, then we end up, we grew up with not much information, but at the same time with so much being thrown at us. Um, true, true. So um, I think a lot needs to go in terms of, uh, needs to go in in terms of knowledge of, you know, what the consequences of things are. Um, and I, I feel like I, um, like I said, I think I'm pro-choice. However, I don't think anybody wants to go through with, an abortion like it's I don't think it's an easy thing to do psychologically and just like it could literally I've I've, I've seen I've met I've seen people and I've been I've spoken to people who have had um, a very difficult time moving forward after things like that right after I mean after doing it so um, as much as like I want to say pro-choice at the same time it could it I think there are other ways of just avoiding it and just you know so yeah i also think i don't know but i i've seen it around especially our cultures maybe burundi rwanda i'm not sure about kenya that much but like women, contraceptives with women is not a common thing here people don't talk about it in regards to women they're always telling men about contraceptives but they don't tell women and yet women are the ones you know left with the consequences if i should say so they need to be also more knowledge on that prevention how can yeah. you know people practice a safer you know safe way safe sex wait uh no you yeah. said the yeah. there are more sorry you said there there are more they, they talk to men about it as opposed to women what do you mean by that like there's a, what i mean yeah. is there's a lot of you know there's more to there's no there's more than one contraceptive right and there are so many mm-hmm. to women I think they're like, yeah. for my knowledge, I'm sure they're like four or three. I'm not sure. But you've only, you'll always hear people saying, or even campaigns of contraceptives more to men, like redirected more to men than women. So I think also teaching women about, like she, you mentioned how different contraceptives might work on different bodies. Yeah. So if we have that knowledge of knowing, okay, I can use several contraceptive methods rather than just leaving the man to you know to be and also i'm thinking about it in terms of like high school children because like i've seen in kenya there's a lot there's a high number of teenage pregnancies right now very high 
so that is also something that might lead to these young girls going through abortions because they don't know what they're doing. So if we were getting sex and you know more campaigns on contraceptives for women, because they're the ones that need to protect themselves. I mean, yes, for AIDS, but also for pregnancies as so well. I don't know if I'm making sense. <laughs> well, I understand what you're saying. Um, however, I feel like here in Kenya, the women are the ones who are constantly like raised to be you know to you know to you were the ones who are told take care of yourself blah 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 and then men are not educated enough to understand what their actions could do to you know to a woman or to somebody to a woman yeah. basically um so i feel like there's more there's more emphasis on what a woman should do with her body yeah. and men are not trained to um to hold back sort of i don't know i could be wrong but just growing up from what I've seen, I just feel like there's a lot more, us guys are told to take care of ourselves more than guys are, when really we should all be told to take care of ourselves and then automatically we are taking care of each other. Yeah. Sure. True, true. I agree with you. I agree, I agree with you, Tracy. Yeah. But we still have a long way, I guess, <laughs> since we live in a traditional yet modern environment. Yeah, exactly. We have a long, there's like, a, there's a, there's a gap that needs to be filled yeah um yeah maybe uh tracy would you like to before we let you go would you like to give some advice to entrepreneurs or people that would like to get into entrepreneurship um i think what i would say is i think one of the things is um don't stop you have to continuously you have to be very persistent and continuously improve. Like you can't you can't do the same thing over and over again. You have to continually improve, learn, and the rest will fall into place. And also, I think something that's not said often is um, financial discipline. Um, that's personally and in business, you have to be financially financially disciplined for your business to thrive. And personally as a person if you handle your own finances well then it'll reflect also in the businesses that you run i think those are the two main things for me that's a great advice actually and also for people who would like to get in contact with you or even yeah um yeah so you can reach uh can reach me on australia all tracy kimari that's linkedin facebook however you however is best for you as for offspring you can reach us on um our website, we have an e-commerce website, www.offspring.co.ke, or you could call us on plus 254-743-407-961, or interact with us on our social media pages. We are on all, well, most platforms moment, eventually will be on all. So you could you could find us on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, oh. soon YouTube. <laughs> great right. can't wait for that content um thank you so much tracy thank we you have, guys we've really learned a lot and it was a pleasure having you thank you patience and thank you laura i've had such a great time talking to you ladies i hope we'll meet soon yes yeah. actually yeah. we both lived in kenya so we're not we might come back okay. yes we went oh, to you cool. and we'll definitely look you oh, look nice. for you when we're in Kenya. No, we can host you. Just give me a ring and we can plan it. Thank you. Thank you.
If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe, share, and follow us on our socials. For Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, our handle is Let's Start Now Pod. Thank you guys. Hope you enjoyed. Have a good day. Bye.